This is TJ Sterling, writer, artist, creator of Okemos Sci-Fi Martial Art Action Story, and you guys are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 224 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, back from assignment, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Hello. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. What is going on, everybody? It is good to be back. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we're going to talk a little bit of nerdy news, and then we'll spend some time remembering the late, the great, the legendary Stan Lee. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing this week? Aubrey, we missed you last week. What's going on? You know, I find that I get sick right before Christmas and right before Thanksgiving. And here I am before Thanksgiving, and I am sick. And I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) It's the holidays. They're out to get you. Yeah, they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. You're not meant to be merry. Let's just keep you miserable. (laughs) Well, if you're not going to be merry, I hope you could at least be Pippin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pippin was a fool. (laughs) Fool of a took. Do you have... uh... Any exciting retail stories for us today, or you just want to die? <laughs> um, you know, I don't have too many crazy stories yet, but give it time because they're starting. Um, I did see a video on Facebook of a guy destroying GameStop, which I'm pretty sure is pretty viral right now. And people are really surprised at the guy that answers the phone and just continues on with his job and was like, thanks for calling GameStop. This is Brian. They're like, oh my god, and he just keeps going on like nothing happens. It's like because that's every day at GameStop. Somebody's <laughs> right. in there screaming at you, fucking destroying the store. Like, what is Brian surprised about? Nothing, because it probably happened yesterday. He probably put it all back together. His <laughs> displays are probably hung together with duct tape because it was fucking destroyed yesterday too. Right. The average person would be surprised if a guy dressed like Michael Jackson with a rubber arm came into their <laughs> store. Yeah. GameStop employees, we don't even blink. Yeah, and you know, it's always funny to me because people are, every time I meet somebody, they're like, you work at GameStop? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, my kids love that store. And I'm like, never let them work there. (laughs) (laughs) And, And they think that I'm like joking. And I'm like, no, it's fucking horrible. I had one person be like, well, don't tell my kids that. They'll be heartbroken. And I'm like, eh. And then you see videos like that on Facebook. Do you really want your kids suffering through that? No. Yeah. It's people are always surprised at how horrible it is to work there and it really is. I don't know why the customer base is so nasty to the employees there, but they are just horrible to the employees there. Well, now that you violated your company's social media policy, I, know. Uh, I, know. I should add that the views of myself do not reflect the views of my employer GameStop. 
and therefore now I am back into the social media policy. You're there welcome, you go. GameStop. Yes. <laughs> well, now that Aubrey doesn't have a job after the holidays, how are you doing, Mark? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just listening to a Christmas song called uh, Mama, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up and Work at GameStop. <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I went to see a play last week. called Play uh, on, playa. <laughs> it's called uh, In the Heights, which I knew absolutely in nothing. You're right. I knew absolutely nothing about it except for it's the guy that did Hamilton. It's the show that he did before he did Hamilton. So I knew nothing about it. No story, no songs, none of that shit. And um, it was really good. It was really, really good. Uh, so um, I know that they are making a movie out of it. Uh, John Chu is directing it. The guy behind, uh, let's see, Jim and the Holograms, uh, Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, uh G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. So uh, what can go wrong, right? The guy has a great track record. Um, but he also did uh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, too. So he's got some, uh, he's got a little panache. So uh, yeah, In the Heights, I'm looking forward to the movie adaptation. I really like the play. I think it's going to be a really cool movie when it comes out next year or 2020, whenever. Well, you can go see uh, Lynn manuel Miranda in Mary Poppins 2. The poppening <laughs> this uh, this Christmas, the wrath of pop. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually do plan on uh, going to see that. Actually, because uh, I'm, I'm Mary become... Poppins with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming a big fan of Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. I will say I don't like 99.9% of the things that he makes because it's just not for me. Sure. But he's certainly extremely talented. Cool. And his songs from Moana were fantastic. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. And I watched uh, a little documentary about In the Heights uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, he was just chilling with like his Death Stroll t-shirt. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's an odd choice. Uh, you know, he doesn't strike me as a, a G.I. Joe fanatic. And then, and then they show like his dressing room. And uh, I had like this gigantic, like old school G.I. Joe poster. I'm like, holy shit, he's a nerd. Good for him. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like him. <laughs> awesome. I wish I had something interesting to talk about, but uh, I don't. All I've been doing <laughs> is working and sleeping. So Work, sleep, work. Yeah, I took on extra hours at my second job because I'm trying to save up money to get my son a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Oh, you know, he can just work at GameStop and uh, get it at a no! discount. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Colin gets older and he and he's like, Dad, I got a new job at GameStop, how will you react, Joey? I just tell him to quit. <laughs> <laughs> quit now and save yourself. He's going to sit down and have the talk with him like in X-Men 2. Right. Like, Are you sure you want to be a GameStop employee? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have I'm you tried a not being a GameStop employee? <laughs> I'm always surprised when people tell me how long they've been there because I'm like, how have you lasted? How does it work? What is it? I mean, I've been on and off with GameStop for seven years now, something like that. And um, I keep hoping one day that they'll fire me and it will just be <laughs> something that they won't look past. I keep trying too. I set um, myself up. I, I worked at GameStop as a store manager for seven straight years. I'll tell you, Aubrey, you just you get in a rut <laughs> and it's just like it's just your everyday grind. You know, you, you don't even think about it after a while. 
So that's how you, that's how that happens. You blink and all of a sudden seven years have gone by. Maybe it's just my personality where I'm like, Jesus, I don't give a fuck. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will tell you that when you, if you can get a job either outside of retail or not interacting with humanity, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I, that's the type of job that I need because obviously I can't handle humanity. <laughs> Awesome. Well, enough about us. Let's talk about us. Mark, tell us and the listeners who this could be their very first time listening where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. You got it. All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll also find movie reviews from yours truly, uh, Netflix and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy, the awesome Adam Wallyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there, so you can look good while you're representing the show. Uh, purchase some of purchase some of our t-shirts. You know, represent. Another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Click on that big yellow A. Do your Amazon shopping. Receive your products, and that way you'll be helping out our little show too. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review while you are there. Uh, you can also find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet and smartphone. We're also on Podbean. We're on Google Play Music. And you can stream us through Spotify, my personal favorite way of streaming shows. Uh, a great way to support our show is through our Patreon page, our Patreon link. Become a Patreon support the show. Go to patreon.com backslash Podcast, And that way you can help out the show and get some bonus uh, material. And we are delving out to all of our Patreons. Uh, this week's K-pop jam is brought to you by my new obsession, uh, a group called Twice, who uh, I spent most of my weekend studying and learning all about. Back to you, Joey. <laughs> Hello, ladies. I'd like to spend a little quality time with this sexy bad, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that works every time I talk to the ladies, let me tell you. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get at it. Let's jump on into this nerd news and see what's going on in the world of nerd. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. All right, Mark Ellis. Tell us, Mark Ellis. <laughs> Tell us, Marcus. <laughs> Barkus Marcus. <laughs> Bark at us, Marcus. <laughs> all right. All right. So this week in uh, Nerdy News, we have uh, a little bit of announcement for the, um, the Star Wars TV show that we've been talking about uh, these past couple of weeks. Uh, they are making The Mandalorian for the Disney streaming app. A Star Wars show that John Favreau is producing, and this week we found out who is under the bucket. Uh, the Mandalorian will be played by Pedro Pascal, who you may remember from uh, The Equalizer Two, and also from Kingsman Two. Uh, and I feel like there's something else big that he did, and I can't. Game think of Thrones. Yeah, whatever. I, I stopped watching that show like in season that four. That was his biggest role. <laughs> I don't watch that shit anymore. Uh, but yeah, he's a really good actor. Um, he's, he's displayed himself really well in the movies that I've seen him in. Uh, oh, he's also really good in that really shitty uh, Matt Damon 
uh, dragon movie that came out a few years ago, The Great Wall. Uh, he was actually really good in that in that movie too. So yeah, I'm psyched. I'm glad that we actually know who's behind the Mandalorian. I think it's strange that they casted him after they've already been filming the TV show. Uh, so the stuntman's going to get a lot of work, it looks like. But I think it's very cool. I, I kind of like him. Uh, what do you guys think of Pedro joining the Mandalorian? Let's start with uh, let's start with Aubrey. Who is he in Game of Thrones? The Spanish dude. <laughs> oh fuck! He <laughs> was uh, Mark. Cover your ears for a second. I don't care, dude. <laughs> uh, he was the oh, uh, leader was... of the Sand Serpent. Uh, and yes. He got killed by the mountain. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I recognize, I just got an article and looked at it. He was good in Game of Thrones. I don't I don't know. I think it's an interesting, I, I think that's all I know him from, though. So, I mean, having him, I don't, I don't know. That's going to be weird. I feel like Boba Fett, was just so different. He was like hurt and serious. I don't. And in Game of Thrones, he wasn't that serious. I mean, he kind of was, but he was more like an instigator in a sense. I don't know. This is a weird casting for me. All right, all right. Well, you guys have seen him do some TV work. So, Joey, what do you think about this casting him in a in his TV show? I think it's pretty awesome. I think he's a great actor. He in fucking Kingsman, he was like unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He did an awesome job in that movie, which was very middling um, as a movie, but he did good and he was great in Game of Thrones. So I'm all in, you know, <laughs> that's fine with me. He seems like a cool dude. So, yeah, yeah, I think he, he can provide some real uh, gravitas to the role. I think that'd be pretty cool. And also, we got a, another bonus casting news with The Mandalorian. Uh, Joey, your girl, Gina Carano, has <sighs> joined The Mandalorian. And it's one of those things where, like, I know her from, I never saw the movie that uh, Sol- that uh, Steven Soderbergh did with her, where she plays, like, an assassin, uh, where she beats up Channing Tatum. For some reason, I never got around to doing it, but she was great in Deadpool, in the first Deadpool movie. I thought she was awesome in that. Um, so her in a Star Wars movie, like, maybe being a bounty hunter... I'm all in. I mean, they already have my money for this, but uh, I like the fact that she's going to bring some some badassery to this to this TV show. Uh, so, Joey, what do you think about Gina joining the Mandalorian? Oh, be still my heart. <laughs> I love Gina Carano. She's smoking hot. She's that movie Haywire, by the way. Mark is freaking awesome. Is it really? Because <laughs> to watch it, yeah, it looks kind of boring. Well, she's not a good actress. Oh, damn. <laughs> but she's very badass in it. So it's a good it's good enough. It's okay. good enough. That's fine. You don't want to pay $13 to see it in the theater, but, you know. Um, I met her at a GameStop management conference. <laughs> oh, no wonder you love her. And I can I can confirm that she smells fantastic. Yeah, is she really like 4 foot 5 cuz she looks tiny as shit? She's shorter than me and I'm 5'10", so Oh, that's not much. She's probably like five six, five five, something like that. So she's taller than Aubrey. Okay. So she's taller than five three. All right, all right, Aubrey. What about you? How do you feel about Gina uh, joining the show? And she's about I your height, so I, I, I think you can take her. Actually, now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> she was in Deadpool, the first Deadpool. I don't remember. She was the one that did the superhero landing at the end. She's the one that hit Colossus in the balls. Nope. <laughs> Aubrey's got nothing. You know, I own that movie and I haven't watched it again since I saw it in theaters. You know, I don't remember. I don't know. That, I have no opinion anyway. <laughs> That's all right. 
<laughs> Your opinion is don't work at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, it's all I'm at right now. All right, so yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm psyched for the show. Um, more casting, please. Uh, I just I'm waiting for them to announce. Uh, I think it's kind of cool, actually. Now that I think about it, that uh, Diego Luna is going to be headlining his Star Wars show, and then Pedro is going to be headlining his Star Wars show. So that's that's cool. Some nice diversity in Star Wars land. Now we need to get an EU ish like out for him to have survived Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Sarlacc pit that him and uh, Jin dived into. No, Jen and him are hugging on the beach, and he just like throws her off and runs, and jumps in the <laughs> shuttle or something. <laughs> it's not his girlfriend. Who cares? <laughs> no, he's going to learn that he's like strong with the force, kind of like if they blasted him out of a spaceship and he found himself floating in outer space. Oh, that's right. He'll be flying around <laughs> in outer space. That's where our uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda Mary Poppins musical come in. <laughs> Can we get Lin Manuel his own Star Wars show now? Let's just do just that. Just flying around in space singing songs. That's <laughs> yep. the whole show. Exactly. Shut up and take my money, Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh man! All right. So then, in other uh, casting news, this one I'm actually really excited about. The internet was did not share in my enthusiasm for this. Uh, the TV show Supergirl that's going on, I believe it's like getting close to its fourth season. They were talking about casting Lex Luthor. You know, a lot of people were throwing Michael Rosenbaum's name in the ring, uh, even though he played Lex Luthor for six seasons and got the fuck out of there. He was done with it. But uh, they finally cast someone as Lex Luthor. We're going to get John Cryer, he of Ducky fame, uh, he of Two and a Half Men fame, uh, as Lex Luthor, which I think is fucking perfect because he played Lenny Luthor in Superman 4. And one of the things that I love about the whole Superman franchise is that they always reach back to people that appeared in other stories, iterations, and uh, bring them to the new one. So, yeah, having Lenny, the kid who played Lenny Luthor play Lex Luthor, I think it's fucking genius. I absolutely love it. I, I, I am jumping back into Supergirl just for this. So what do you think of John Cryer playing Lex Luthor back on Supergirl? Aubrey. It's kind of interesting. Um, I, I think he's a good actor. I don't know if he, I don't know. I guess I'm in this, the same place that I am with, with Pedro being in the Mandalorian. It's kind of a weird thing for me Yeah. that he, that he would be Lex Luthor. I, I don't know if I've seen John Cryer in a villain-esque role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. Michael Rosenbaum is a fucking goofball. All you have to do is spend 10 minutes with him and, uh, He's a fucking maniac. So him playing Lex Luthor was perfect. For some reason, that worked. I think this could work, too. Um, Joy, what about you, dude? How do you feel about John Cryer as uh, Lex Luthor? I tapped out of Supergirl, like, halfway through season two, so I'm not going to watch it. No. Damn. <laughs> no matter how much I love Melissa Benoist, I-, I can't watch that show. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess uh, maybe if Molly Ringwald had dated him at the end of Pretty in Pink then uh, you know, he wouldn't have turned into a giant evil Lex Luthor at the end. So, it's all hashtag. It's all connected. It's all Molly Ringwald's fault. It is. There you go. There you go. Isn't she Archie's mom? Yes. Wow. Yes, she is. And she's a lawyer and everything in that. Holy shit. When is, when is Andrew McCarthy going to appear on Flash now? What the hell? Is he even still alive? Andrew McCarthy? Sure. Sure. What's he, he doing? The waiting for that... <laughs> Waiting for the phone call from CW. 
he's probably really angry when Ruby Rose was <laughs> as his Batwoman. He's like, I could have played that. God damn it. Oh, yeah, that's happening. All right. Um, so then, and then, uh, let's see. In some really uh, recent news that, uh, that, Joey, you had brought to my attention, uh, Travis Knight, film director Travis Knight, it looks like he's being eyed for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, which is very strange. I thought that uh, I thought that they were going to go with uh, someone that was already in a bullpen, in a Marvel bullpen. But Travis Knight, uh, he's he did uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is amazing. He's doing Bumblebee, which has been getting really good positive, um, early positive reviews. So uh, you know he's been on Marvel's radar for a while, I guess. So having him do Guardians Three, I don't know if, about him as a comedy filmmaker but he can i definitely think he can bring a good sense of comic book action to the franchise so um i hope it kind of works out i I think he's kind of cool uh joey how do you feel about travis knight i mean even though he doesn't really have like a lot of films under his belt but how do you feel about him possibly taking over guardians 3 well uh kubo and the two strings is fucking phenomenal so Mm -hmm. you know that's good i haven't obviously we got to see bumblebee we got to see what that looks like everybody seems really excited about it and it has good buzz. I just can't get myself excited for a Transformers movie at this point, but uh, I'm interested to take a look at it. And then, you know, I guess we'll go from there. Cause don't forget, you know, a lot of animation directors have flopped when they come to live action, such as, you know, you get movies like Tomorrowland or <laughs> John Carter, all right, for the record, before Tomorrowland came out, he did Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which is awesome. I know you guys don't like Tom Cruise, but that movie is awesome. Well, now I know why you want to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this could work. I think it's work. Aubrey, how about you? Have you? Did you ever get around to seeing Kubo in a two strings? Nope. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. It is, yeah. It's in my list. In Uh-oh. my queue. You know what you say when Aubrey hasn't seen Kubo and the Two Strings, don't you? You just made the list! Adding it to the list right now. Um, all right, so then, so the, that's it for like the major news. Let's talk about some trailers. Let's get some reactions on some trailers that dropped. Uh, we got a trailer for Detective Pikachu. Uh, Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu. Justice Smith from uh, The Get Down is the human component of this. Uh, some uh, throwback old school music. Not a lot of other people that they showed in the cast, but a whole shitload of Pokemon. Uh, this did absolutely nothing for me because I'm not a Pokemon fan at all. But I've seen like grown men weep at the sight of like Charizard or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, dude. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm turning this completely over to you guys. How do you feel about this trailer for Detective Pikachu? Let's start with Aubrey. Again, you know, I I grew up with Pokemon. It was my my thing growing. I like I went to Pokemon card tournaments, everything, and I feel as though this whole concept of a Detective Pikachu movie is just weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, weird, good or weird, bad. I don't I don't know if I really want it to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So watching the trailer, I was just kind of like. Uh, I feel like this is going to be really bad. It's only going to go one way and it's going to be bad. Okay. All right, Joey, what about you, dude? How do you feel about the Detective Pikachu trailer? <laughs> well, it looks cool. Uh, visually, it looks cool. Yeah. 
Um, it's probably going to be really stupid. <laughs> but I will say that my 10-year-old son who loves Pokemon is out of his fucking mind <laughs> to see this movie. So. Was he like super excited to see like his favorite Pokemon like live action? Right. Exactly. He was like naming them off as they pop up in the trailer. Look, there's this one and there's this one. Like, why don't you know your schoolwork? (laughs) I sound like my grandmother. I sound like my grandmother used to say, if you knew your schoolwork as well as you know Star Wars, you wouldn't have any problems (laughs) at school. (laughs) And now I'm like, Colin, how do you have 500 Pokemon and all their evolutions memorized, but you can't? Like, do your homework. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. If you t- said, hey, sit down and memorize these 500 monsters, they wouldn't do it. But okay, whatever. I'm going to have to go see it and I'm going to make you guys go see it. So we'll talk about it on the show. But I mean, it looks cute. We'll see. And I just hope it's not terrible. I'm already going to hate it. I can tell you. I mean, I, I, I hope it's good. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. Like, I've, like I don't know who any Pokemon is because I don't. Uh, I know I've heard the name Jigglypuff, and I think he's in it or she's in it somewhere. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm hoping that this movie is going going to appeal to me, not make me want to play the game or collect the cards. But I'm, I'm hoping it's going to work for me as a person who doesn't know who all these characters are. If they can pull that off, then then uh, that's an accomplishment. At least I, I'll I be happy so. if it doesn't make me want to claw my eyes out while I'm watching it. So I don't know. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> Um, I don't even know when it's coming out. I think it's coming out this year. Next Summer year. 2019. Oh, okay. So we got time. So I got time to memorize 500 Pokemon is what you're saying. Exactly. Get playing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll only be the first 50, won't it? Because it looks like they're in the Kanto region. So uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're on a lonely island with that knowledge, Aubrey. <laughs> or it'd be like 250. Talking. I think 200. Yeah, 250 would be the first the first region so there's like a million different regions and this just since Pikachu's in it and Charizard and Jigglypuff it'd be the Kanto region so it'd be the first one Aubrey wants to be the very best like no one ever was I, so I used to work at a Hilton Garden Inn and you get to choose your slogan on your name tag and that was one of mine was Aubrey wants to be the very best wow I wanted to see how many people would sing it to me nobody did ah uh, losers yep all I want is a soundtrack with uh, Baby Spice featuring Scary Spice. <laughs> and maybe maybe NSYNC and Aaron Carter thrown in there, too. That's all I want. Just give me that for the Pokemon soundtrack, and I'm good. Aaron no, you Carter, need vitamin oh, C. Vitamin, vitamin C. C. That's not the first one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was say, Aaron Carter already told us how to beat Shaq. I don't know if he has any more knowledge for us. <laughs> vitamin C was on the first Pokemon movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember that soundtrack because it had a Baby Spice song in it. And I was like, oh, Spice Girls. <laughs> it's like a little light. It's like a moth to the flame. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's all I remember from it. Mm-hmm. We used to sing that song all the time. Vacations where I want to be. <laughs> all right. All right. So then other trailers that came out this week, oh, a couple of Disney trailers. We got our first look at Toy Story 4. Uh, there was actually two teasers. One with uh, Key and Peele as a new characters, kind of riffing on the Toy Story franchise. And then the, another one with all of the characters kind of like, hey, look, they're all back. And then a new weird character that wasn't a toy that uh, I guess shouldn't have been there. This is very strange because Toy Story 3 kind of wrapped everything up nicely in a bow. It's a really good, good trilogy, a really good solid trilogy. Them 
digging back into the well for part four. I'm hoping that the reason they're doing this is because they have an amazing script that they really just got to do. But I'm I'm worried about this one. This one I'm really worried about. Uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? Let's start with Joey. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much to it, but it was fine as a trailer. But I'm really more worried about this. If, I don't want this to suck. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the um, did you see both of the trailers? Yeah, I did. OK. Yep. And they were fine. It was just like I just had more trepidation. Like I thought we were done with movies and they were just doing little shorts and those were fine. I've watched all of them with myself and the kids. They're great. Um, first three movies are fantastic. So it's uh, has there ever been a good fourth movie? Yes. OK. <laughs> uh, step up for the streets. <laughs> You got served for the servening, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm very nervous, and I know that originally this was supposed to be a prequel about Woody meeting Bo Peep, but that entire script got trashed and rewritten to be oh, what God. it is now. So uh, I'm I'm very nervous. I need to see more. I need to see an actual trailer, not a scene of characters talking. Not a 30 second thing of people dancing with a fork. I need to see like something more and then I'll feel a little better. But mm-hmm. I'll be there. My butt will be in the seat. So we'll see. All right, Aubrey, what about you? I didn't see the third one. So. Oh, wow. So you capped off yeah. at two? Yeah. You know, because, you know, let's be honest, when do I actually put forth the effort, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I didn't even see the third one. So, well, at some point you should get around to watch it. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's really good, but you're going to cry at the end. Oh God. It's so, Ooh. Ooh. I heard it was emotional. That might've been why I avoided it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's no, uh, Jigglypuff on a screen, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty sad. Well, it's like Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, another Disney trailer I dropped was the second look at Dumbo. Uh, Tim Burton's uh, Tim Burton's reimagination of the classic Disney cartoon. We got Michael Keaton back. We got Danny DeVito, uh, Colin Farrell, some cute little kids, and a flying elephant. Uh, I don't really remember the cartoon that much. Like it's been, it's probably been about thirty years since I've last seen it. Uh, I don't remember the story at all. I remember I liked it, but I don't remember what the story is at all. So I'm debating whether I want to rewatch the cartoon so I can get familiar, or do I want to? Hit this movie cold, uh, but the trailer looked alright. It's nice, nice to see Tim Burton back in the circus area, uh, and it's nice to see Michael Keaton and Danny DeVito back. Uh, so yeah, I thought the trailer was alright. What did you think of it, Aubrey? I'm gonna be honest. You didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I I didn't watch it because Dumbo was so hard for me to watch in the first place that I emotionally could not take it. Wait, is this another Pinocchio thing? I'm not terrified of Dumbo per se. There are parts in Dumbo that are frightening, but it is so damn sad. It is like Bambi sad, mm. and I just can't handle it. His mom dies. Uh, I can't. I can't handle it. Dumbo looks sad to begin with. I can't. So I didn't watch it. I'm sorry, Mark. No. I know you told me to watch it, and I pretended like I was going to. <laughs> That's it's totally fine. It's totally fine. So we're My gonna... heart just couldn't take it at this point in time. So I take back everything I said about Toy Story 3, too. So don't don't watch that at all. 
I may cry. I mean, I cry. It's it's weird because I'm not an emotional human being. <laughs> <laughs> I am very closed off to the world, obviously. And um, I watch Bolt, and, and the movie with the dog is like John Travolta. Yeah, and Miley Cyrus. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And when Bolt is really excited to see her, and then she goes and hugs the other dog, and Bolt is really sad, I f- freaking cry every time. I'm so heartbroken for that dog. I don't know if it's because I love dogs so much that that hurts me that a dog would have their feelings hurt, but I do. Any movie like that, I'm like, no, I can't watch this with you. You got to do this on your own, man. <laughs> Good luck, YOLO. Throw him in there. You can watch. He can watch all those sad Disney movies. <laughs> Mufasa dying, I cried for years. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. And when the old lady leaves, to, uh, Todd and Fox and the Hound. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for some intense therapy. I'm checking myself in. I can't handle it. All right. So let, let's open up the list of Aubrey and we're going to cross off all of the horror movies and all of the <laughs> Disney cartoons. <laughs> That'll <laughs> break my heart because <laughs> animals are getting upset. God forbid an animal gets that. If, uh, if a human is devastated, it's a whole different ball game for me. I don't, I don't give a shit. But once an animal is involved, then I'm like, I melt. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. All right, so Joey, what about you, dude? How did you feel about that Dumbo trailer? I just don't care. I don't like Disney movies. <laughs> Not the classic animated ones. When I was a kid, I was just never into those. Wow. Like, I'd rather watch Star Wars for the 500th time or watch like G.I. Joe or He-Man or anything that was not like G-rated Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I just thought they were whack, you know? There's no fighting in it. There's no explosions. Nobody uses karate. There's no, no spaceships. Like, <laughs> thank God Titan AE didn't come out when I was a kid. I would have been really into that. I know you're absolutely right, dude. I'm trying to think of uh, some examples to like counteract to counter That's what you're saying. That's why my favorite animated Disney movie is, is the Black Cauldron because at least it had like a D and D type element to it, mm-hmm. even if it was still Disneyfied, but. Yeah, so I have no nostalgia for, like, Dumbo or Cinderella or any of that stuff. Um, maybe for Spinderella from <laughs> Salt and Peppa. Peppa but, um, and normally I would watch Ava Green read the phone book, but I've already got more than enough movies on my shelf with her naked in them, so I don't even really need to see her in this movie. So mm-hmm. I think I'm good. I think I'm good with Dumbo. I'm all set. Well, when it comes out, dude. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I think uh, I think I've got to wash my hair that that week. <laughs> got to give my goldfish a bath or something. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know about this movie. I mean, I, I want to see Tim Burton come back, and like I said, it's nice to see him in a toy box where uh, he's familiar with it. So you know, here's hoping. Good for him. I'm just waiting for that live action Bambi movie, man. That's what I want. Let's bring that oh, shit up. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck that live action Bambi movie. I don't want that shit. Man, that's never going to happen. They will never do that. But I think it'd be really funny if they tried it. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's it for the news. That's all I got. All right. So I guess now we'll talk a little bit about Stan Lee, the legendary comic book creator who passed away last week uh, at the age of 95. Uh, huge huge loss for the nerd community 
and really the world at large. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about it and see what we had to say. Uh, let's go around with just some, you know, feelings. Mark, feelings. Give me some feelings about Stan Lee and, and what happened. Yeah, well, you know, Stan Lee's been around since forever, man. I mean, in as part of the comic book world, he's been around since I was a little kid. So he's always been kind of old to me. And yeah, when it when he passed away, you know, every like everyone that came out of the woodwork to like console me. Uh, but I'm like, you know, he's he lived a a long life and he changed the world and he got to uh witness it. He got to experience people uh, you know, thanking him for their childhood, for the joy that he brought to their childhood. But it did kind of uh put me on a like a spiral of learning more about him. Uh, that I've been going through this, this past week. So yeah, it is it is sad uh, that we lost someone who is so iconic, but I do feel like his stamp on the world is so large that you know he's always going to be around in a weird way. You know what I mean? It doesn't really feel like he's gone. Right, right. What about you, Aubrey? All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> At risk of being shunned from an entire community... Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you. Any recommendations? I'm not saying I wasn't sad. I'm just saying he was in his 90s. And he was ready. There there was many interviews where he was ready for this to happen. And he wanted to be with his wife. And, And I think that. I I am not sad because I feel like he got his wish and he's happy. You know, okay, but, that's that's not bad. Okay. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I was I can't, really worried about what was about to come out of your mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. I you know, I'm not sad because I feel like he is at peace and that in the end that that's all that matters. Right. Right. And I'm in the same boat as you, Aubrey. It's, it, it's, it wasn't a tragic end. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was in his 30s and like cut down by a bus while caught crossing the street or something. Um, you know, he was very old. Yep. And, you know, once someone that age, their wife or other significant other passes away, it's pretty common. The other person goes fast. So we kind of all knew what was happening. Uh, and the reason I'm not as sad as I could have been is because, you know, it's a lot, you know, we knew this was going to happen. We were, we were all new, like mentally you've been kind of preparing for this for, you know, months, weeks, years, you knew it was going to happen. Eventually it was like when my mom passed away uh, almost a year ago, you know, it was very, very sad and it was God awful. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but you know, she had dementia and Alzheimer's and strokes and stuff. And she really hadn't been herself in two years. I had almost been mourning the loss of my mom for two years at that point. So, you know, that's why some people, you know, no comments on family drama, but some people didn't think that we had mourned the way we should have. Um, But, you know, I had already been mourning for almost two years the loss of my mom. So it really wasn't like it was more of a a relief than anything. So I, I completely agree with what you said. Yeah. So this is just it's sad. But like Mark said also, you know, He's basically the Walt Disney of comic books. So it's not yeah. like everybody next week is going to forget who Stan Lee was. Exactly. 
So what was your first exposure to Stan Lee uh, Aubrey? When was the first time you were even aware of his existence? Um, you know, we used to read a lot of Spider-Man growing up. And I think that that's really where probably my first exposure to Stan Lee came in was just Spider-Man. It, it was so long ago, too. And I, I, I want to say that that was really the main thing was because Spider-Man was a huge part of my childhood, Spider-Man and X-Men. And so, you know, Stan Lee was huge in Spider-Man and X-Men. So I would say that that was probably my first exposure. I can't remember like the first ever moment I recognized him as a person because I feel like he's always just kind of been there. Um, I've always known his name in a way. Sweet. Um, what about you, Mark? Yeah, I was trying to think of the first time I really uh, recognized who he was or understood who he was, um, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember that far back. I know when I saw Star Wars, when I first fell in love with Star Wars, I became obsessed with uh, creators, people behind the camera. So I was aware of him being as the comic book guy. Uh, more so than anyone else. Like I can't think of anyone else from my childhood that I'm like, okay, this person makes comic books. Uh, but Stanley, I always did. I, I want to say that it was his. I want to say he voiced like a cartoon. It was probably the first time that I really was like, oh yeah, that's the guy that created Spider-Man. Um, the guy that created uh, Marvel Comics. At least that's what I thought. Uh, so yeah, my first really, really interaction or not interaction. My first really remembrance of him probably god probably like seven years old eight years old right around there right right um so i'm gonna echo a little bit of what you said mark i would say my first like realization about like who he was and how important he was was when he was the narrator of spider-man and his amazing friends cartoon yeah i think that might have been i think that might have been it right and you know i started reading comics when i was four so you know, I was always a huge Marvel fan. And, you know, as you get a little older, you start reading some of the other stuff in the books. And he always had his uh, soapbox in the bulletin, bullpen bulletins page that was like him talking to you as a reader. And and then in a lot of Marvel Age magazines, they talked about him, too. Marvel Age was like a 25 cent, like basically a previews catalog before previews catalogs existed. And it was you bought it at the comic book store. It was twenty five cents. And they tell you what was coming out the next month and have like basically like PR articles in it about Marvel and how great Marvel is. But he, he was always all over that. So you started to get this idea of you know who he was and the reverence for him and Kirby and Ditko in those books was, was out of control. So you know it started to build him in this larger than life figure and and those uh, little snippets he always wrote in the books each month for the bulletin bullpen bulletins was uh it really made it feel like he was talking to you specifically <laughs> so that he that was one of his his big things was like and one of the things he was great at was make you feel like oh okay well we all read marvel and you're special because you're it was almost like mr rogers i guess for to say for a way which sounds really weird but you know how, like mr rogers will like look at the screen and talk to it as if he's talking to you oh yeah uh yeah. that was how that was his thing too but through the written word in those those pages so that was fantastic uh do you guys no one have you guys had a, ever had a chance to meet him or you know interact or even be in the same room as him i have not um uh, i think he was going to be somewhere where i think he was at super mega fest or something but he had pulled out or something like that right yeah 
Uh, yeah, twice I was in. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but twice I was in the same room with him uh, when we were at New York Comic Con uh, years ago. Um, God, two thousand three, four. I don't know. Whenever Unhappy Grandma came out, two thousand eight, we were in New York Comic Con, and uh, he was there doing an appearance. And as we were waiting in line, he just showed up and you know greeted the crowd. It was just hanging out with the crowd. And I didn't really notice it. I just heard people losing their shit. <laughs> I turned around and they were Stan Lee, probably, I don't know, six feet away from me. I'm like, oh shit, look at this dude. He's like walking around and meeting people. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then he was at Dragon Con two years ago and uh, I went to his panel and his panel was fucking amazing. I was so glad that I took the time to try to squeeze into that panel. Uh, waited in line for hours. And made it in. It was so. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I'm sure I teared up a couple of times. Uh, he was just such a, a a funny dude. I remember some kid asked him about how he felt about Captain America saying Hell Hydra, and he was like, Captain America did what? <laughs> as soon as this panel was over, I'm making some phone calls. Awesome. Well, I actually did get to meet Stan Lee, and I may have told this before on the podcast, and I certainly posted about it on Twitter, but. Um, I think it's my second year as a GameStop store manager. Um, we were still EB games at the time, if you can believe that. And, uh, X-Men legends came out for PS2 and Xbox. Do you remember that game, Aubrey? I do actually. And he was at the Activision booth signing, um, for the game to promote the game. So, you know, I got in line and then when it was my turn, I got, to talk to Stan Lee and I was trying to explain to him how much I love comics and especially the characters he created and how important they were to me. And I was, I was practically crying and <laughs> it was probably just nonstop word vomit stumbling out of my mouth that made no sense. And then he just shook my hand and looked me right in the eye and said, thank you for being there. True believer. Oh my God. I could have died on the floor <laughs> at that moment in life. I would have been perfect. I could have walked right into the gates of heaven and said, I'm, I'm good, bro. High five to St. Peter. <laughs> like, take me in. I'm coming home. Wheezy. <laughs> but yeah, he signed my thing. And, and, and that was, that was my interaction with Stanley. And it's like, he could have been a total dick to someone that like could barely like, vocalize words mm -hmm. <laughs> at that point but he was super cool and i'm really glad that i had that moment um in time which he probably had thirty thousand times a day and had heard the same crap from every nerd on the planet fifty thousand times but for 15 seconds he made me feel like he actually cared what i had to say so it was a it was a good time it was a good time um what is your favorite stanley characters uh aubrey I definitely say Spider-Man um, just because it's held such a special place in my heart and in my life. Um, and I know that it was a big character for him, too. I think that Spider-Man is just everybody. It, it, and he, even with Noah now, Spider-Man is like Noah's favorite superhero. And we just had a Spider-Man birthday cake for him and everything. So I think like spider-man just always seems to come back in my life in a circle so i would i would definitely say spider-man how about you mark ellis yeah i would have to agree with her uh spider-man is probably one of the most um 
Uh, one of the, one of his main characters that I think everyone can can grasp onto that everyone can fall in love with. Uh, one of my early earliest memories of reading comic books was a Spider Man comic book. Uh, so yeah, I mean you know he's created the fact that he's created so many characters in such a short period of time is amazing. Uh, but Spider Man for some reason that the lightning that struck when he came up with that character is just. It's a beautiful thing, and I I think this is definitely one of uh definitely one of my favorite ones. Okay, not Black Panther. Yeah, I wanted to say Black Panther, but I didn't <laughs> fall in love with Black Panther until way later. I knew of him, but I never read any like Wakanda books when I was a kid. But I read the shit out of uh, Spider Man books. Right, right. Um, yeah, uh, it's gonna be Spider Man for me. Obviously, that was the first comic book I ever read was. Excuse me, Peter Parker, <laughs> the Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, number sixty-eight, and uh, I just been a huge nerd ever since. And and he didn't work on that book. Um, obviously, it was Bill Mantelo and a couple other people. But it's it's always Spider-Man. It's always going to be Spider-Man. You know, my kids love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. People all over the world love Spider-Man. To be able to have even a hand in creating something like that is it's, it's unimaginable. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that uh, well, not funny, but it, his wife was saying in an interview when uh, they were talking to her about his creations, and she's like, "God, everybody, it's always Spider Man. It's always, always Spider Man. Everyone always brings that up, but no one knows that he is an amazing writer and he's an amazing poet too. So the fact that uh, the fact that there's a whole nother creative side to Stanley." Uh, that his wife knew and that probably certain people in the circle knew. I think that's really, really fascinating. Well, like, th- that was why he changed his name when he started working in comics because he wanted to write a novel and he's like, well, I'm not going to use my real name because <laughs> then I won't be able to have people take my novel seriously after I work in comics. So <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, dude, he, there's so many Stanley stories. The guy is just... Uh, you know, he lived a really charmed life. He lived a, a really fascinating life. I'm so glad that he got to the point where he could really, really kick back and enjoy it. Right. And I, I got to send a special shout out to Fantastic Four also, because his run on Fantastic Four with Jack Kirby is fucking amazing. <laughs> if you've never read it, it is even 40 plus years later, it is awesome stuff. So I think the couple issues where Galactus and the Silver Surfer first show up are probably some of the best comic books ever written in history. So definitely uh, seek those out. But let's stop being sad. Let's wrap this up with uh, our favorite three cameos of Stan Lee in Marvel movies. And we'll start with number three with Mark Ellis. Uh, see, if it has to be Marvel, I, I have to say honorable mention, uh, his cameo in mall rats kevin smith mall rats is oh you can, you can say that That's oh i can okay sweet sweet all right so uh number three i'm gonna have to say mall rats uh <laughs> he was so cool in that in that role and the fact that kevin smith got to put him in a movie when you know it wasn't like like it was for the fans like for the geeks you know what i mean like the world didn't really couldn't care that stanley was in his movie but having the creator of so many characters delivered dialogue and actually be really funny. Like get to show his personality. It's such a great role. I love him in Mallrats. I love it. All right. What about you, Aubrey? Oh, um, I would say Ant-Man and the Wasp would be my number three. Okay. 
I don't even remember what happened in that one. <laughs> they shrunk his car. Oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number three is uh, Avengers at the very end when he's like superheroes in New York. <laughs> I thought that was great, especially because you've been waiting the whole movie to see if he was going to be in it. And there he was at the very end. So, all right, Mark, number two. Number two. I'm oh, God. All right. This isn't really like an MCU movie, but his appearance okay. in uh, Deadpool cracked me the <laughs> fuck up. Like I was not expecting it at all. And uh, the movie was already silly enough, but having him be the DJ at a strip club, I don't know, for some reason, that just, it killed me. I thought that was the funniest fucking thing ever. So, uh, yeah, uh, number two, I'm going to give to Deadpool. All right. Aubrey, what about you? There's so many. Like, you know, shit, what do I, I know, Thor Ragnarok, probably. (laughs) That is a good one. (laughs) It was so funny. I there's just so many, honestly. I mean, narrowing it down to three is hard, but yeah, Thor Ragnarok definitely awesome. is is up there. Well, I picked uh, for my number two was uh, Winter Soldier when uh, Captain America steals his uniform back from the Smithsonian, <laughs> and Stanley is a security guard who's like, "I am so fired right now." <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. All right, Mark, give us your number one. All right, so number one, the one that uh, continue, continues to crack me up every time I see it, Avengers Age of Ultron, with him being one of the few of Captain America's buddies that's still around. And <laughs> Thor gives him the, uh, Thor is talking about how great this drink is, and he's like, all right, Blondie, just hand it over. Fucking love it. And then they have to carry him out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Aubrey, what's your number one? Ah, shit. I should have used Thor Ragnarok as my number one. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, probably. Or, um... That's a good one. That is a good one. Spider-Man Homecoming was pretty funny. Doctor Strange was good, too. Ah, shit. There's just so many. It's okay. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a really good pull. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one is not an MCU movie and uh, also a not a good movie. Either. Wow. But Stanley in Spider-Man 3. Oh, when he's standing next to Toby Next McGuire? to Peter and, and tells him, hey, I guess one person can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, perfect. <laughs> I, I have an honorable mention, though, that I have to throw Uh-oh. into. Teen Titans go to the movies. He has a cameo in there, and it's so fucking funny. It it killed me. It's he's a, a janitor uh, that's working at the WB lot, sweeping up stuff. And uh, they don't really make like that big of a deal of it. You kind of see him in the background, but he's looking like directly into the camera as he's sweeping. So like the characters are walking, and you see this janitor in the background going to the right sweeping. Going to the left sweeping, and the whole time he's looking right into the camera. Then he like walks right up to the camera, like, "Hey, kids, it's Stan Lee." Like, "Hey, you're you're not." Or they they said something like, "This is the wrong universe." And he's like, "Oh, I don't care. I just love super. I just love being in uh, cameos in superhero movies." <laughs> I think that um, Fantastic Four Rises Silver Surfer also deserves an honorable mention, where he's like going into the private party, <laughs> right, and he's right. like, "I'm on the list. I'm on the list. It's Stanley. It's Stanley." And the guy's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or when he was Hugh Hefner in uh, Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, rest in peace, Stanley. Uh, it's very sad, but, 
you know, now you can hang out with uh, Jack Kirby and make some more cool comics, hopefully. Uh, so that's going to do that for that. Let's wrap things up for the week with some recommendations. Aubrey, what do you got for the listeners out there? Oh, so much has dropped today or this Drop week. Drop it like it's hot. I haven't played any of Fallout 76. I got the beta. I just haven't played it. Obviously, by all the videos going around on Facebook, um, people aren't liking it. But in all honesty, it's a Bethesda game, people. like, But nobody likes Bethesda games when they first come out. That's what I tell all my customers when they come in. And they're like, yeah, but it, the beta wasn't good. I'm like, yeah, but nobody likes a Bethesda game when it first comes out. So what are you complaining about? I mean, look at Fallout New Vegas. Trash when it first came out. Then they fixed it, and now everybody loves it. But I have been playing Let's Go Eevee, um, and, you know, it's it's actually really cool because you can put one of the, the Pokemon in the Pokeball, because I got the Pokeball, um, and you can put a Pokemon in the Pokeball and bring it around with you. And by walking it around and everything, you do actually gain XP points for that. Um, and that's really cool. I like the integration that they have where you can you can actually hold down on a button and um, play with the Pokemon and everything. Um, and it, it, like, chirps at you. So I think that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's my recommendation. Everybody go get Let's Go Eevee and get a, get the Pokeball because it's fun. Mary, awesome. You talked me I, into it, Arby. I'm getting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I, I had it chirping earlier. I don't know if you guys heard it in the background, but it was chirping earlier because I was trying to move my Pokemon from the Pokeball to the game, um, get all the XP points, and then put a po- different Pokemon in the ball. So I just keep hearing the word ball over and yeah. over again. <laughs> Aubrey likes it when the balls, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I do. All right. Mark Ellis, what about you? Uh, yeah, there was a documentary call with great power to Stan Lee story, uh, that I believe it, it was available on YouTube. Uh, that was really, uh, it, it wasn't like super official. You can tell there's a lot of different interviews that Stan Lee did in different areas. Uh, but there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff too. And there's some great footage with him and his wife, uh, just chilling at home. So, you know, the, the creators behind the, behind the documentary, uh, they knew Stan, you know, really personally. Uh, so that is really cool. It's called With Great Power. It's a Stan Lee story. And that actually led me to another documentary that's on YouTube called Searching for Steve Ditko, where a, a British reporter grew up uh, as a huge Steve Ditko fan and wanted to interview like a lot of different people. So he interviews um, Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman, uh, Stan Lee. And it's a big chunk of the story is about the creation of Spider-Man. Like who is the real creator of Spider-Man? Um, and you, one thing I learned that I didn't know, that amazing scene in Spider-Man Homecoming, that's from one of the books. Like, it's almost right. verbatim. You didn't know that? Them. No. <laughs> I Why had no idea. I was, like, openly weeping in the movie theater. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, when I saw those pages, and I'm like, holy shit, they actually did that in the movie. And it it was effective for me in a movie because I didn't know it was based on a, on a comic book. So yeah, yeah, that, and it, that's an amazing documentary. It's called Searching for Steve Ditko. It came out about 10 years ago. British reporter going around uh, interviewing different people, trying to meet his idol, Steve Ditko. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that everyone goes to SoWizardPodcast.com, where they'll find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. 
movie reviews, streaming picks from Adam and Markellis, and so much more. So is your podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about any podcatching app under the sun, and we will be there. You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you're able to. That helps out the show. You can also join our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash podcast. Get yourself an, at least one extra episode of the podcast every month. We just did our exclusive review of Bohemian Rhapsody a few weeks ago. That's only for our Patreon, so you're missing out if you're not giving us money. Patreon.com backslash podcast. Um, I will, I don't know when this is going to drop because of the holidays and all the nonsense going on, but, uh, if you're going to be doing some shopping on Amazon on our website, there's a big orange a, you click on that. It takes you right to Amazon and we get like a quarter of a cent of every penny you spend (laughs) or something like that. We get like two cents if you spend some money, but it helps. And, you know, I don't want to sound money grubbing, but you know, it's not free for us to do this, but we do it out of the love of our heart. So any little bit of extra money helps us get a movie ticket to see a movie to review or some gas in the tank to get to a con or whatnot. So feel free to do your Amazon shopping by clicking on that orange A. Uh, if you are in the mood, I would say read some Stan Lee comics. Uh, I Like I said before, that Fantastic Four run is amazing. And between comiXology, illegal internet means and other ways i'm sure you can find a way to read it so check it out also i will suggest a book called marvel comics colon the untold story which came out i want to say 2012 Uh, i'm staring at it right now in front of me it's by sean howe and it just details through interviews with creators uh everything at marvel comics up to the creation of the mcu so it takes you from the beginning of marvel all the way through the release of iron man and it's interviews with creators and people that work there. It's fucking fantastic. So that's my suggestion. Uh, and that's going to do it for this week on the So Wizard podcast. Next week, we're hopefully going to be able to review Creed 2 with a special guest. Uh, we're still locking down time, so I'm not going to reveal who that is in case they can't come <laughs> on. But we will be reviewing Creed 2. And I uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. So, this has been episode number 224 of the So Wizard Podcast. On behalf of my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Excelsior! And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Excelsior two times, Wakanda forever. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. We'll see you next week. Good journey. Good journey.